Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Hiya. Wow, he's here. What? And running the ports is Joey D. Hey. On today's show, I will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach about Halloween-y stuff that is already happening in video games. Ooh. Season three of Star Trek Discovery has happened, and yeah. now BJ and Joe can, uh, well, BJ can uh, have some fun with it. And will Joe be pissed? We'll have to find out. Or will he like it? Oh, yeah, right. Um, and on, oh, we'll probably get more. more. More? Yeah, more. Sure, yeah, why not? But of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Let's get out our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 Said more. <laughs> <laughs> or just search for us on uh, just BJ Shades Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Yes, exactly. And let's start with those Halloweeny festivities because video he, games. He said weenie. Yes, video games love to do all of that fun stuff for Halloween, especially now with online and they can just kind of patch it all in. So let's get some of that with Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed, that is SKNR.net. And just a week away, is Halloween, which means a lot of video games are doing their Halloween specials and just all sorts of crazy things going on with that. And Gareth, you've posted a couple of those, including one from Call of Duty. What's going on with what they're doing? Well, this was really fun because they had just gotten through with the uh, open beta for and the closed beta for the new game that's coming next month. And then Modern Warfare had an update. And it's free for everyone. It's called The Haunting of Verdusk. And that, and for those who know, that's one of the Warzone maps. And very big. A lot of the uh, Warzone games and the variations take place there. So what they did this time is, number one, it's at night. So you've got the limited visibility right there. And then there are various play modes. They've introduced some things like, for example, Leatherface and Jigsaw's Puppet oh. are in the game as well. Um, one of the modes I played was a zombie mode. So essentially it's the team, uh, I don't want to call it team deathmatch, but the battle team based battle Royale. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm running around and of course I, uh, had a couple of guys who were off doing their own thing. And so I'm off in my area and all of a sudden here's Jigsaw's puppet right in front of me. I put a full clip in him. He took me out. And it was like, okay. And the next thing I know, I'm a zombie. So I'm running around hunting zombies, uh, hunting players as a zombie. And the beautiful thing is you can stay a zombie and just pick people off. And the winning team is the last player that has a human alive. Or if you pick off enough humans, they drop these serum vials. You get two of those, you become a human again and pick up uh, from there. That is and, cool. Uh, that, that was really fun because you could play like a zombie mode. I could play plundered. Uh, you know, which is one of my favorite ones where you run around and gather loot boxes and stuff like that. And it was just a nice little twist to see it in the darkness. And let me tell you, when Leatherface comes around the corner and he's not <laughs> carrying a chainsaw, but a chain gun, <laughs> you know what you're getting into. <laughs> oh, that is terrifying. Yeah, you don't need that. You need to be able to be able to run from them or at least have the, uh, the semblance or at least the, uh, the, the mirage of being able to get away. If you got a chain gun, there ain't, mm. there ain't no getting away. We were hoping to run him over with a truck, but we just didn't get him uh, he, he apparently smart enough to stay away from heavy vehicles. So That was one of my favorite things on Dead Island, was just to get in a truck and just trifle for zombies. 
It's the easiest. You don't have to shoot. Don't have to yeah, worry right? about ammo and reloading. Just crunch them. Uh, speaking of zombies, Zombie Army 4. I mean, it's got to be kind of obvious that they're going to be doing something. Yeah, and it was interesting. They went through their first uh, season pass DLC, call it what you will, and um, they came out with the brand new season pass. So it's essentially the second season pass. And in addition to all sorts of new cosmetics and uniforms and weapons and things like that, and a new mask for the uh, kind of the horde mode where they just come at you in waves and waves, there are going to be two new uh, campaigns or adventures. And the first one is out now. Next one comes out in December, and it's called Damnation Valley. And, of course, someone like me who remembers the classic, and I'm going to date myself so much with this reference, (laughs) the Jan Michael Vincent movie Damnation Alley with George Pappard and stuff like that. I, you know, I'm kind of wondering if this is where they were getting the parody of it, uh, but it was uh, rather interesting. You know, the, the supposedly the main storyline is concluded with the last DLC, but of course, as we know with these games, there's always uh, other things to tell, and of course, uh, no different. Frozen Wasteland Zombie. You've got your sniper weapons and your shotguns and your pistols and your customized weapons and your uh, all sorts of things, and you just wade through another batch of the undead. I love that. I always love that. <laughs> now, fine. And, okay, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, why would you want anything else? Now, finally, this is something not zombie-related, but, I mean, demons and evil things kind of go hand-in-hand with Doom. So Doom, Doom Eternal's doing something. Correct. They put out their first expansion, and it is called The Ancient Gods Part 1. Now, I have not uh, been able to get a clarification on this because when it was originally announced, I did not know there was going to be a part one and part two. I knew it was the first of a planned expansion, so I don't know whether they just said we're going to call it part one, part two, or if it was a case because of this current situation where they said, look, um, you know, we're going to have to split this into two parts in order to get new content out now rather than later or something like that. Uh, but essentially, it is, you know, new maps, new uh, challenges. There are some interesting new... I don't, I don't necessarily want to call it a monster, uh, but let's just say it's a pop-up turret with a supernatural <laughs> element that is an absolute pain because it dishes out damage. It takes a ton of damage, and on top of it, it likes to pop up when it's, uh, shall we say surrounded by big nasty hordes of monsters and i'm not talking the imps and the soldiers i'm talking the big demons here needless to say you tear into them and do what you need to do and it was great because you go i finished the game and now i've got to remember all these little tricks and tactics (laughs) and stuff but it's amazing how quick it started to come and you're just Blood and guts flying everywhere, and that's exactly what you want in a game like this. Hell yeah. That's exactly what you want for Halloween, and I love that. And I know there's so many more things as well. You've got a ton of stuff up on Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNRNet. Getting that Halloween spirit. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care.
Thanks again, Gareth. And uh, one other thing that he didn't mention, but it is up on the site. He's got some play for the game For Honor. Uh, Joe, do you remember that game? It was the one with like the people would be like samurais or knights, and it would be like PvP one on one where they just beat each other up with the swords and stuff. No, not at all. So they're doing some Halloween stuff as well. And the the video for that is up on uh, SKNR.net, so you can check that out as well. And Joe, hi. I do uh, bring uh, you up on this because, in addition to playing video games, you've been watching Star Trek Discovery along with your father, Mr. BJ Shea. Yeah, and BJ's been loving it. You not so much. I'm on the fence. Yeah, you have been for the last two seasons. Kind of, kind of poo poo in the time travel stuff, which we found out is a real sort of um, pet peeve of yours. I hate time travel, Ref. He I does. know he really, really, and does. it's really entertaining. Uh, the first episode of Star Trek Discovery dropped last week. Yes. You guys were able to check it out. And last night was episode two, but I have not watched it yet. I sort of wait to watch it with my wife. Oh, so, that's you know. adorable. And we plus wouldn't want to spoil it the next day, even though the, Absolutely. Internet, the internet spoils it day of. You got to be careful not to go on Facebook yeah. anymore. We generally give about a week or so, depending on uh, the airing of the shows and when we decide to record stuff and whenever BJ wants to show up to talk about uh, Discovery. And But first episode comes back. BJ, I have to assume that you're just already going to be loving it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it was just the, the amount of quality they put into it. I mean, the, 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 they went on location in Iceland to shoot this, and of course the special effects, the sets, and they sh- they're showing us the 32nd century, so I was really excited to see like what future tech was going to look like that would be different than the future tech that Star Trek has always shown us up yeah. to the 23rd or 24th century, so... That was cool. There was some cool new stuff that we saw that I liked. So, I, of course, I loved it. You're right. <laughs> and Joe... I actually did like it. Nice! What? Yeah, Whoa. I know. It's shocking everyone. Well, I hated it then. I have to, yeah. <laughs> oh, so we can maintain that balance? Yeah, I didn't know he was going to like it. All right. <laughs> I'll wow. tell you why I liked it. It's very simple. It's not a Star Trek show anymore. What? I know. It sounds weird, but this is literally like Firefly in the year 30, 30 what, 600? Wherever the heck they are now. Yeah, they're th- 31-something, I think. Yeah, wow. because they kind of ditched the whole Star Trek background. They, you know, they go into the f- far into the future, 900 years into the future. The yeah. Federation no longer exists, so all it is is a whole bunch of aliens interacting with each wait, other. Wait, wait, wait. So the Federation has dissolved at this point? Well, there's, there's like a small number of people trying to be the Federation, but they're nothing like they were. They're almost a joke. Oh. They can't communicate. They have no long-range sensors. There's no ships. Like, that's kind of like what they've told us so far. Okay, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. The, her whole thing is going to be going around trying to be of the Federation without a Federation, which is cool. I don't mind that. But yeah, literally everything you knew about Star Trek at this point is gone. Well, that's got to really piss off some fans. <laughs> well, I would say that, but there was an episode in Star Trek The Next Generation where they explored the fact that warp drive was destroying the universe. And really? I, I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, and Jordy and the guys were trying to figure it out with a bunch of other aliens that were like, we've got to stop warping because um, what are we going to do? Because we're wrecking the... And and that, it was Weird. a one-off. Weird, okay. But, and that's what I think people forget is these guys go deep. And I'm wondering if it has something, some connection to that next-gen episode. They called it the burn. They said something happened, and that's how the Federation fell out of power is because there's no more dialithium crystals. And they all blew up at the same time, so... And- 
That's like, how you travel warp. Exactly, and that's what makes the, like the the whole center of Star Trek was they discovered dilithium dilithium crystals, and that would be the thing that would power the warp cores. So they got they don't have anything. They've been they they it's like a oh. like a, it's like an EMP world, if you will. Wow. Uh, for and and Joe's right. I mean, the only but it is it's Star Trek in the way that you still have all the same aliens that you know, but they're interacting differently. Uh, a lot of folks don't know the Orions so much, so there's so now you might be seeing them featured more because they're the they're the mafia, if you will, of the of the wait, Star Trek universe. Wait, the Ferengi weren't the mafia? No, the Ferengi were more just basically your businessmen. They, oh, okay. They were, yeah, okay. they were all about you know they were your stock market, they were your Wall Street. Okay, I always yeah. kind of considered them mafioso types, so that I, that makes sense a little bit more. On yeah, that. they evolved in Deep Space Nine to a lot more, and they even became a cartoon character of what they were supposed to be. <laughs> but then they also became a, a bit more. I, I just binge watched DS9, so I actually have it for oh, wow. my mind <laughs> what the Ferengi's about. Um, but I am very excited uh, because we did, speaking of DS9, one of the people we saw was Morn's race, the Lumarians, the Luminarians, I forget what they're called, the long-faced dude that was sitting on the yeah. on the bar at Quark's all the time. Yeah. By the way, I just found out who that was. Like, So his name was Morn. That's an anagram for Norm. And the guy that sat oh, at the bar on Cheers. Was it George Went? But no, it wasn't George Went. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> but they, that character was they, always at Quark's bar, and they called him Morn as a tribute to Norm. That's funny. I never realized that in all of my it life. Totally makes sense. I just learned from Will Wheaton. That Will Wheaton knows stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, so, I mean, I see what Joey's saying. A lot of folks say it's not Star Trek. They've been saying that since season one of Discovery. Mm-hmm. But I love that this is a new thing in a Star Trek universe. Because when can you say that about Star Trek? It's like, you know, it's like, ah, it's the same thing. Even with Deep Space Nine, it was different. But it was like, ah, it's the Federation having to do Federation-y things, Prime Directive, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fascinating to see them, like, basically being, you know, a cataclysmic event has put them as a third world organization is what they are now. That is so strange. Mm. And they really haven't told us anything about the government or anything that's going on because she crash lands the main character crash lands into a smuggler's ship at the beginning of the first episode and that's her now journey she's going to be a part of this ship trying to find her old ship oh. but the world that she's in seems almost kind of like uh i don't know what would you call it uh like a for hire world where anyone can be bought for the right price it kind of a thing it feels like the mandalorian era yeah. of oh, star wars wow. where there's yeah. a lot of instability hmm. that used you know there used to be peacekeepers in the federation they're gone and it looks like the syndicates pretty much have control. So it, it does feel like post-episode six of Star Wars. <laughs> and that was my only gripe. Because, like, I just I, – I have that same thing that most Star Trek people do. This does not feel like Star Trek, so why is it called Star Trek? Yeah. I, you know, that's my one thing about it. Because if you told me in the dark that this was a new show, zero percent chance I would tell you it was a Star Trek show. You know, that's just how I would feel about it, right? There's no big government. The science behind it's not really there in terms of they don't go into depth about it, right? Mm -hmm. There's no sense of captain to co-captain to, you know, decks and engineers. There's none of that. All this is is a single character in their storyline. Not bad at all. Actors, great. Story, fantastic. The money in the costumes, the CGI, everything. I love everything about it. It's just not Star Trek. Yeah, wow. And I can see that. Yeah. And for me... There's a deeper level where I do actually believe it is Star Trek, but I but I can see uh, you know, definitely on the surface level it, where everything Joey says is true. This is not like a Star Trek show that we've seen. Even Deep Space Nine, which a lot of people said is not Star Trek back in the day, is more Star Trek than this. Now that's kind of an interesting aspect on that. So, like, say somebody who is like very vehemently against 
Star Trek. Um, and just like maybe like the new stuff. And they're just like, well, I always liked the older stuff, even if I liked it. Or I just like specifically the newer stuff. Um, uh, one side or the other on that. Uh, do you think you could like, I don't want to say dupe somebody into watching it, but just getting them to watch just season three starting? I mean, obviously you're just- It's not a bad idea. You're just basing this off yeah, of one absolutely. episode at this point, but you'd be like, I, yeah. I know you don't like Star Trek, so we're not going to deal with the first or second seasons of Discovery. Let's just see how you feel you about really the third it. season. You don't really need it. That's interesting. And I, I completely made a mistake about the Short Treks episode, Calypso. I thought Calypso was current time of where, where Michael and the gang is. But I don't think that is. that Because that Short Trek has a completely different character. And the ship has intelligence. And this could be a thousand years beyond where we are with Michael. Because that Calypso Short Treks episode, I'm like, oh. okay, we now know it's in the future. We get now. We understand how it's in the future. But it, it, there's still even more questions. Like, where, where, when does that take place, this particular Short Trek episode? Yeah, but I completely agree with you, Rev. I think single episode in the entirety of the uh, show so far, this is the best one. I think it feels most wow. like a sci-fi show, and it's complete. You don't need to really know anything about the storyline because they fill you in. And honestly, I kind of feel like this was their plan. They gave the Star Trek fans what they wanted in the first two seasons, an attempt at a new storyline in the Star Trek universe. And I think they just said, you know what? We can do more with this if we just take our own liberties with it. And really, Next Gen did the same thing. I mean, Next Gen, a lot of people didn't like Next Gen because they took a I mean, Yeah. They changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they really, really did. It wasn't Cowboys in Space. It was, yeah, it was and, d- discussions. And, and the current. Klingons were our buddies. Yeah, you know, yeah. And a lot of people didn't take to Next Gen, especially where, you know, rather than shoot it out like Kirk, let's go and have a four-hour meeting in the briefing room. <laughs> you know. This could have been solved with a space email. I will say, though, if you remember in our last episodes, I did win my bet. If what? you remember what my bet was. I do not. If I took a shot every time they cried <laughs> oh, in the first yeah. episode, would I be drunk in the first ten minutes? <laughs> yeah. So yes. they're still crying in it. Yeah. Well, she was very happy. There were tears of joy because oh, she knew there were signs of life because wow. she wasn't sure. Tears of freaking everything is yeah. what I'll tell you. And look, I, and honestly, it's nothing to do with the main character. She's a fantastic actress or actor. Or I don't know what the correct term is these days. But that would be acting amazing creature. Yes. <laughs> but my God, every single scene is like there's this like great action battle and then the battle ends and she's like okay now i'm gonna let all my emotions out and i'm like we don't have to cry at the end of every scene it like i get it and i some of it's cool like there's a really cool uh, part at the end of the episode where she meets the last standing star trek our star uh, star trek like officer who's there to help her communicate with people mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful scene about like service and hanging the flag and honoring the dude i'm like this is an appropriate scene she can cry here. <laughs> but like after going hand-to-hand combat with a guy and she's blasting, she just drops her knees and she goes, help me. I'm like, no. <laughs> just move along. No. And there's a very, but I want to give credit to one of the funniest scenes we have seen in a long time in that, and that is when she's given the truth serum, basically. And she's hysterical and it does a great acting job where they give her truth serum and then they're going, she's way oversharing too many things. <laughs> and she had the greatest line. She goes, I have a friend with red hair. Please Please don't ever give her this because <laughs> Tilly talks so much like they would the, Tilly would overshare to the 10th power because she overshares anyway. Um, I thought that was a very, very funny scene because of we we know the characters. I am so excited to see what 32nd century looks like. I love that the uh, Federation is dec- de- de- is basically decaying because, look, you know this in life. Things rise, things fall. Yeah. And for some reason, Star Trek fans don't understand that, you know, someday the Federation is not going to be the key thing. And they 
may even be wrecked. And, you know, we've seen alternate dimensions where the Federation was wrecked yeah. and whatever they were. Oh, so yeah. I love that. Okay, where's it going to go? And David Ajala, by the way, who uh, you may know from Night Flyers or Falling Water, he plays the new character book. He's a terrific actor, so I'm so happy he's on the cast. And, oh, yeah. Um, nice. And The Ready Room, if you haven't seen it, Will Wheaton did a great interview with him. Uh, so excited for, for, for the next episode, which I I'm going to watch as soon as we're out of here. Nice. Perfect. Well, then uh, let's not make you... Well, you have to wait a little bit longer, because now it is time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? Well, lots of stuff going on. <laughs> I know lots of stuff, but I'm talking about The Geek Sheet. Oh, Woo! Fine. Uh, I've actually been looking at a lot of different fan theories because, of course. Yeah, because they're fun. Uh, one being something that I don't think we're getting this year. I think we still got a little ways away till we get it. Stranger Things Season 4. Oh, right. I forgot all about that. Yeah, What's right? happening, man? Uh, it's still a little ways away, but this fan theory kind of has me shook. Oh, uh, really? Oh. Yeah, so they're they're basically saying that in this fan theory that they believe that the whole Upside Down was created by Will. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Wait a minute. Like maybe sort of like a kind of like a coping mechanism sort of thing on that or? Kind of. So according to a theory from Reddit user Bloody, Bloody Lollipops. <laughs> Gotta love that. I sure. love Bloody Lollipops. Thank you so much, Bloody Lollipops. Um, <laughs> so because Will being the creative Dungeons and Dragons obsessed, picked on kid that he is, accidentally created the Upside Down using his subconscious. And we've already seen that Will enjoys drawing and telling stories. And because Hawkins is all that he knows... He very well may have created an alternate version of it in his mind and filled it with monsters like those in D&D, you know, which is, you know, part of the fantasy. Yeah. And uh, the Reddit user goes on to theorize that Will could actually could have actually put enough attention into this new world to write about it or draw it. Even though we haven't seen evidence of this so far, it doesn't explain how Will may have totally forgotten about such a big thing. So why does this fan think that Will created the Upside Down? Yeah. yeah. The kid's kidnapping by one of its hungriest denizens, the Demigorgon, was what set off the entire show. You know, and, well, he was one of the, he was the only one that survived an abduction and living in the Upside Down. Everyone else pretty much died right away. Yeah. So why, Barb. <laughs> why, 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 why did he stay alive? They believe that the creatures recognize that he, in fact, is the creator. So they were protecting him. So or at least avoiding him because mm-hmm. yeah, he's the 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 persona non grata at that point. So this isn't like Shutter Island or like the Bob Newhart show for all these <laughs> older folks where it's, he's going to wake up and the whole thing has been a dream. But he oh, has that some would sort be, of that would be garbage. Yeah, yeah that would so be trash. Instead, he's some sort of powerful being that can manifest his dreams and rea- into reality. Is that what the, this person's saying? I mean, it's still kind of a little far off because at, at this point we know the government, the U.S. government and the Russian government are aware of the upside down and have been trying to like get through at least the russians have been trying to get through to probably weaponize everything that's going on down there yeah right so that doesn't explain how long has the upside down been a thing um but you do think the demigorgon never actually caught up with will in the upside down and the the article says uh for all we know maybe he was just trying to bring him some upside down cookies and milk we don't know (laughs) some upside down cake right um they also suggest (laughs) that in season two when he's possessed it you know the first is that because Will is being bullied uh, before his first flashes of the mind flare the cre- you know the creature from the upside down they actually want to protect him because he is being oh. bullied so they 
possess him to protect him. Now, do they know? Ooh. Do we know if it's gonna if season four is gonna be a finale or if they're just at this point they're just gonna be having one? Because if they want to wrap it up in a bow, thought I heard there were five seasons. I at thought least. so too, but let me double check. Because yeah, I think it would take a little bit of a ways to get to that point. Because I mean, we've got Hopper in Russia that's mm-hmm. been confirmed um, just through the trailers and such, and so we're gonna have to see where that leads to. And they got to get him back and dealing with all this Russia stuff. But yeah, what if the big reveal at the end of all of this that it is a manifestation of him and he needs to learn how to control that or or at least deal with his trauma to get rid of it or just go kapooey. Oh, yeah, yeah that could be a I thing. mean, that is a thing oh, as well, too. The whole sacrifice boy. yourself to save everything sort the, of thing, which could, you know, the only problem it as well with. So they said that they wanted a season four and season five. They started production of the fourth season back in February of 2020. And then guess what happened the following yeah, month? Ah, oh, dang it. So everything's kind of been in limbo right now as far as a release date. So I'm going to guess at least some, maybe at the earliest sometime next year, like yeah. late next year, maybe Halloween. Yeah. So that is. I would hope so. Just because, I mean, I I, li- I love the show. Like, the first three seasons are fantastic. It's very rare that you have continuously, like, it, they weren't all, like, fantastic like the first one, but they were all continuously good. Yeah. Oh, I enjoyed every single one of yeah, them. You know, it's tough to beat a first season of right. anything of a show like this because you're just being brought into the world and everything is new to you as it is to them. But I like this idea because I was just thinking how Will got upset that nobody would play D&D with him anymore. Like, he's the only one still believing in all this. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, in his own way where they're all moving on to other parts of grown-up life. This is a fascinating theory. I do believe something's going to be about Will because there is a reason why he survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's got this connection. Yeah, and everything has been based around him being either kidnapped or dealing with that. They tried to, you know, push away from that in season three, but I still think that fundamentally it is Will's story. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, because, I mean, we see them have all moved away at the end of season three. They got to rejoin everyone back together. All sorts of crazy stuff has happened. How does Elle connect to the series? I forget from season one. Um, she was the experiment that was in the facility that, oh, Matthew Modine was the, uh, the, yeah, the professor she, at. She was able to actually go to the uh, go to the upside down and, and, and sort of commune, with, I think. With, with her brain, like with the when yeah. she does the whole static, uh, what is yeah. it, white noise kind of a thing. I'm going to have to go back and watch all of it now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it Piece season. it all together, yeah. She was able to, to, to go there mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. her mind yeah. and, uh, uh, and other stuff, too, as a matter of fact. But that's mm-hmm. why she was valuable to them. Yeah, and, it, and you're right. It is spooky season, so it's a good time to watch that. Uh, and how much time have we got? <laughs> all right, do a little bit more. Okay. Can I do a little bit more and plus more? Okay. Okay, well, I have another, you know, kind of fan theory of mm-hmm. some other show that we all love. Ooh. Umbrella Academy season three theory. Oh well, it's oh. gonna have the, it's gonna have the Sparrow Academy. Mm-hmm. Gotta love them. Yep, it's gonna have a floating cube that we don't know what actually it does yet. Uh, have you? How far have you gotten in the comics? Uh, only working? chapter three. I haven't found a cube yet. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so Umbrella season three theory is that the original Academy are actually the bad guys. Oh. That would make sense in this point because, I mean, they've come to the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've come back to the present, which is the future that with Dallas and they changed everything because, well, they managed to screw everything up every single time. Well, of course they're the bad guys because they're the ones that wrecked everything. I mean, really – I, and I can't remember if I saw a number five in the Strawberry Academy. Did we see a number the five? Academy? The Strawberry Academy? Yeah, yeah the, yeah, the Strawberry, <laughs> the strawberry <laughs> Academy. Somebody wants a strawberry. I guess so. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of hard to tell because they're all 
you know, shadowy. And they yeah. and they showed us Ben, and but I'm like, ooh, number five is the one that wrecks everything. And there's also old number five because mm-hmm. he got pushed through the portal. Yes. Yeah. So will old number five still be out there? And I you know, know that Hargreaves is very much like, okay, he, he tuned into number five, you know, in season two in the flashbacks yeah. in the past and said, oh, you seem to be the one that really knows what the hell's going on. Right. But also he's realized that every other member, including five actually, are kind of screw ups. So he's just like, well, y'all suck. So I'm going to make my own cooler ones. And he didn't know anything about Ben. That's why Ben's still around. Right. Yeah. And the thing with uh, the Sparrow Academy is that they're going to seem a lot more gritty. But the whole idea of gritty. of making any academy for him, it wasn't for them to be like cuddly nice guys. They were never supposed to have a normal childhood. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be heroes. Yeah. That's it. Hargreaves was basically a military person training them. Right. The thing oh, yeah, was, the only reason why, you know, the Umbrella Academy has any heart to them is because of Pogo and Grace. Now, we saw that Diego kind of ruined things in season two, you know, with Grace. It's like, he's not a good man. Go check for yourself. Go! And (laughs) with that being said, like, honestly, they made, he made Grace, the robot mother for... Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on her name. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Ellen Page's character. Vanya. 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 I kept yeah, saying yeah, yeah. Anna in my head. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, for Vanya, because she needed, you know, a nanny that was durable, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Exactly. Yeah, right. But because Pogo was kind of Grace's, you know, creation along with Hargreaves, you know, she probably took Pogo with them. So these these guys are probably going to be very successful heroes, but maybe not have so much heart. Yeah, Diego messed a lot of things up, too. Diego, you know, just the, shut up. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Come on, Diego. I know he's the sexy one for a lot of people, but he messed a lot of things up. So. That does make sense, though, with the storyline, because originally the Time Lords, if you want to call them, said that the apocalypse was going to happen, yeah. and Vanya is the cause of the apocalypse in both timelines we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And it f- basically is following her around, yeah. Oh, and these Vanya. babies don't seem to be human. You know, for whatever case mm-hmm. you can make for them, right? So it doesn't make sense that maybe the Time Lords engineered them to start the apocalypse. Seems so. weird you're calling them I, Time Lords. I'm very The Commission. The Commission. There we so go. I, I don't know if BJ was here when we did talk about it a, couple, was a it. couple weeks back, months back. Um, my fan theory about who I think they are in relation to Hargreaves, because they make comments in the show like, oh, good thing we're not related to him, so we don't inherit his dead cold eyes, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Because we know, spoiler alert, in the comic, it's shown right off the bat in the first issue, and this is shown in season two, Hargreaves is an alien. Yeah. Yes. I honestly believe when he, in the the first season, at the like I think the last episode, when he's talking to his wife, and he's like, I have to go now. She's like, you need to go without me, kind of a thing. And you see him kind of like release something into the air. And like all these rockets start going into space. I thought he was in England. And I was started reading a little more. Apparently, he was on another planet. Oh. And his coming, his leaving wasn't to like the United States. It was coming to Earth. And so him releasing all those little kind of sparkles or whatever you would like to call them and stuff like that into the universe, (laughs) I think those are his babies. And I think he is genetically... Space babies! Basically, he's like... Space God and these are space Jesuses. They kind of get implanted and that like they sense. have virgin birth kind of a thing. Which were the uh, which were all of them too, and mm-hmm. we know that there are more than just the uh, the, the ones se- that we that we see. The it was, seven it was what forty seven. Yeah, forty three. Like he can only like buy yeah. he can only buy the seven of them. Yeah, so he had, I, to, he had to go find them all. 
I think because they messed up big, they are now the bad guys, and they're probably gonna, they're definitely gonna clash. Even oh, though that is interesting. So we shall see. Yeah, I please mean, confirm season three, please. That's the big thing. I mean, we're doing this all this talk and speculation with the hopes, and I mean, the more we talk about it, I mean, you know, maybe Netflix will realize that they have a certified hit, and they'll do the thing that they uh, normally don't do with their shows, but what they do with Stranger Things, which is give them more than just two seasons. Yeah, yes. I need, I need more seasons of the Strawberry Academy. <laughs> At least one more. I know they like to cut off after three. They yeah. give it to Sabrina and everything. Yeah. But I think I would write a strongly worded letter if they do not. Be aware, Netflix. Yeah, yeah we'll have to uh, do something along the lines of Jericho. Instead of peanuts, just send them a whole bunch of uh, umbrellas. I could oh, get no. it expensive, actually. Yeah, yeah. Dollar store. Do that? yeah, yeah. Strongly li- written letter, yes, yes, okay. yes. <laughs> well, I can do that. Can until, I, though? Until <laughs> next time, guys. Stay nerdy.